Hi, this is Omer Ben Saadia, and you're listening to the CVH Podcast. That's Omer Ben Saadia. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. She's like one of these people that um, after you meet her, you go, oh, you're going to take over the world. It's one of those people. It's one of those people that everybody likes. And that after a few minutes of meeting them, you're like, okay, it's you. I knew. It's going to be somebody. I didn't expect the curly-haired one. There you go. This is uh, episode eight. Oi, my ego is getting bad. I think I'm almost enjoying this. I was uh, chatting with a friend today, in fact. And by chatting, I mean text, because that's way better than chatting, right? We're not going to call each other on the phone. Then it's weird. Then it's like, then it's then we feel an obligation to say certain things and do certain things and, and be a certain way. But if you're just texting, then it's like a real conversation, right? So we texted. I'll say we chatted, but we texted. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we're just sort of like sharing the ups and downs of, of the last... Uh, eight months, <laughs> you know, we're trying to keep a good lookout on everything and, and stay positive, but it's, it's up and down. It's up and down constantly. And she reminded me of something. And, um, you know, when it comes to this forced downtime, you know, maybe the, the best thing we can do is just, um, be addicted to self care in a way. Um, you know, make sure that everything we're doing is sort of is this healthy for me? Is this good for me? Is this going to help me get through my day? Uh, be addicted to it. Addicted to self-care. I, I think that's kind of amazing. You know, I'm, I can be addicted to a lot of things. I don't. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I have an addicted personality, although I can sort of go all the way with things, be them good or bad. <laughs> and uh, I'm just trying to take that advice. And that's really all it is, right? Just an awareness that maybe we're a little bit out of balance and... And, uh, you know, self-care is always a good idea without overindulging, right? Like, always need some balance. But there's just no doubt in my mind that I'm 100% overtraining. <laughs> I'm limping into the gym every day, uh, wondering why it still hurts. <laughs> and I don't know if it's um, uh, 40 or just trying to move entirely too much weight or pretending that I'm 25 or whatever it is, but... Um, it's not energizing me. I'm, I'm, I'm not recovering. I'm definitely hurting. I need to switch it up. I spoke to a, a dancer friend. Again, like text, not spoke. And, um, you know, this is somebody who's sort of um, uh, had a long career in dance. And, and, I mean, there's just so much that breaks. You know, they, they, they have, they have um, asked a lot of them of their bodies over the years and and so they they're great at injury they're they're great at recognizing so if i describe something i i get some feedback fairly quick uh that uh, probably on the on the wrong path so this podcast is, is having um uh, a, a solid a solid reaction for me like i can figure out pretty quickly that this is not uh not working i'm just like all americans right i i only know how to go all the way with something like we love to just go all the way, <laughs> all the way over here, and then we'll try and go all the way over back, but 
um, rarely do we just sort of have balance. It's funny, like when you're in Europe, you don't see a gym on every corner. There are gyms. There are plenty of fitness places and, and plenty of people doing exercise outside, running and things. But um, it's not as obsessive as it is over here where you basically have three options within you know shooting distance of your home. Like we love the gym. We love to get super fat and then we love to get super fit and just go back and forth. You know, I'm just going to, I think what I'm trying to do is like get the yo-yo to like not go so far. <laughs> just like keep it in, keep it within a, a, a yo-yo range. But you know, it's, um, I had a, I had a coach in Munich and he used to break my balls endlessly. I mean, this guy, he, he never trusted me to do anything. <laughs> And we coached endlessly, and I, and I think that he he liked working with me, but I, I I have serious doubts as to whether he thought I was any good. And I was singing um, the speaker in Zauberflut in uh, Munich, and um, you don't need to be some kind of insider to know that the speaker has about five pages of music. It's an important five pages, but it's five pages of music, and I had done it a lot of places, <laughs> but I was nervous to do it in Munich, and... Um, and so, uh, as an ensemble member, this is over 10 years ago now, I, I um, had a coaching on the speaker, five pages. And uh, he was ready to work. <laughs> he was ready to fix me. And he said, before we even started singing, he says, um, you realize this is the cornerstone of all German culture? And I said, I said, Zauberflöte, yeah, there's a, there's a great argument for that. This is, this is, the, um, this is the enlightenment. This is... Uh, this could be the cornerstone of any great culture. He says, no, not Zauberflut, the Sprecher scene, <laughs> the speaker scene. This is the cornerstone of German culture. This is when I want to walk out of the room. I'm like, this is uh, way too much pressure on me. You, 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 need somebody, <laughs> you need somebody else who can handle this. Uh, he, he wanted to just lay that on me. I was like, I don't want to be responsible for the cornerstone of German culture in Germany. And as we get to uh, our hour-long coaching, I realize he's super, fr super frustrated. And before we opened that show, I had 12 one-hour coachings. That's right. 12 one-hour coachings. I, I have coached four-hour roles uh, less amount of time. And uh, he would go to every performance like a psycho. And he would stand in the wings, and when my scene was over, I would look over at him, and he'd just be shaking his head. <laughs> like, no, nope, you didn't get it today. We'll try again. I guess we'll try again. I guess I'll call some more coaching. <laughs> oh, but he was somebody who introduced me to this idea, and we were, we coached a lot. I think he liked me, but... Um, I was never going to be good enough. And that was good. That kept me driving too. And he told me about this uh, German word. Um, he was trying to describe this fire inside of him. And he used this word, entbrennen. And I was fascinated. Um, he called it um, this fire in his stomach that won't go out in his chest. You know, it like burns in his chest. His entbrennen. And um, it can't really be put out. He didn't think that there was a... Uh, uh, an antidote to it. He just saw it as, um, you know, this thing, this thing that was his driving force. He didn't say it was a masculine thing or a feminine thing. He just said it was a person thing. It was a, it was what drove him uh, forward. 
and um, I I can relate to this. This this resonated with me. I know I know what that fire is. I know what that Entbrennan um, unsatisfied feeling is, and and um, you know my fire works great when I have a goal. Like when I can see something, then it's uh, obvious what I need to do. I know the steps uh, that I need to take in order to, to keep going. And so that's why the motivation here is it's been difficult in singing because I, I have no goalpost. There's nothing, well, I shouldn't say nothing, but um, the normal goalposts are not there. And so it's hard to know even what direction to face, let alone move in. Uh, and so I thought, um, What's my fire now? What's moving me right now? Well, this this medium is is moving me a bit. This is sort of helping. This is therapy in a way. This is this is my fire um, creating some kind of creative outlet, I suppose. Um, you know, it's even a it's kind of even a cool word. You know, like entpanen. Um, he told me about it, and it and it really the the. The idea of it resonated with me. I, I realized I had been doing it my whole life, and um, this this thing inside me that I can't seem to quell. This, um, you know, like somebody said to me the other day. And I'm, I'm, I remember if I have a conversation with somebody, I, I, it stays with me, you know. And I kind of go over it, and I try to learn something, or I hear something, and I wanna I wanna remember it. And I write stuff down all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm you can't see here, but I'm surrounded by lists and things and things people told me and things that meant something. And um, I have this idea that I need to live some kind of rare life, I think. Or that, um, you know, I've been given a gift and shame on me if I don't uh, go for it. it and, and it also might just be a, a person who, who borders on narcissism and, and is constantly needing to uh, feed this ego. Um, you know, it's funny, I, I came from like normal, um, suburban, loving family, you know, loving, humble people. And and my parents didn't have this sort of um, fire. They didn't have this drive to to um, accomplish great things. Um, they, were, they were very content, seemingly very content in uh, a very... Um, fulfillingly normal life, happy people, wake up happy, go to bed happy, you know, for the most part. And I, and I find that I, <laughs> I don't, I don't do either of those things. <laughs> I don't feel like I wake up super happy and I don't feel like I go to bed super happy and, and, and I don't sleep. Um, I have a, I have a hard time sleeping and, um, <laughs> I need lots of things to help me sleep. And, and, uh, um, I think that just comes from being unsettled, you know, uh, there's just been forever something inside me that was that desperately needed to achieve whatever that means, whatever that meant at the time, whatever I was involved in. I, I felt the need to to um, do it at my absolute best. I never, I could never see a reason to do something halfway. It wasn't, it wasn't worth my time to do something halfway. Um, I, when I think about it, it's in every aspect. I don't of my life. I don't understand doing something. A little bit. I don't know. It's it's a detriment, uh, but maybe maybe this is the path to leaving a uh, a, a rare life. If the, if that's not such an egotistical thing to say, um, 
you know, I had a, I had a maestro when I was in school and when I was in grad school and I really didn't know what I was doing. I was very young to all of it and, and didn't, um, necessarily, um, it was just n- not in over my head, but I was getting my butt kicked. I was definitely at the bottom of the pile and, uh, I was given a very good opportunity and there was a maestro there who wanted, who was going to conduct this show we were going to do. And I was singing a big part and, and he pulled me aside one day and he had been very, um, supportive of me and encouraging and he had said some really nice things in front of people which was nice and, and then one day he pulled me aside and he was furious and he was just a little guy and I'm six foot four you know and he's like five six or five seven just you know a little for a for a maestro I guess not so little some of them are pretty little but um he was not intimidated by me at all <laughs> and he kind of grabbed me and he said hey the best people have to work the hardest because they can go the farthest. And he was annoyed at whatever whatever was annoying him, lack of preparation or just lack of experience or what it, whatever it was, he saw me as being a little bit lazy right then. And I'm sure he was right. And and it, and it was it was maybe a moment where somebody might have quit on you or maybe a moment where somebody would just sort of uh, got mad publicly. But he sort of grabbed me, he grabbed me aside and said the best people have to work the hardest because they can go the farthest. And I, and I took that to heart. I mean, I wrote that down. I kept that with me. It's on the wall right here. And, um, he was right. Uh, we do have to work the hardest. If you've got the most potential, uh, shame on you if you don't. And that's, that's not to say that I was given endless amounts of potential or, or that I've uh, such a special gift. Like there was an incredible, incredible amount of work that went into, uh, whatever it is I do. And um, uh, I took that to heart. I needed to hear that. So I'm going to say it in case somebody else needs to hear it. The best people have to work the hardest because they can go the farthest. Take that. Take that with you. But of course, you know, this this idea, this fire, this working hard because you should, this entplanen is how your life gets out of balance. And sometimes I'm, I think, I wonder if I'm going to go my whole life and never, and just sort of have that unsatisfied, unbalanced need to, um, level up. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's how great things happen. I'd like to think that that's how, um, and not that it's some sort of ego trip, but I don't discount that it could, (laughs) could very well be, uh, some kind of ego trip. It's funny, like even during COVID now, um, even though I can't do what I do best or what I do the most, um, I'm still plotting and planning. I'm still constantly thinking about this business. I'm still constantly thinking about my career and where I fit into it and where I'm going to fit into it um, going forward. And uh, just needed some needed some good news on the on the career front, and and got it last night. It always seems to come at the right time. It's funny. I'm not um, I'm not a I'm not a superstitious man, but it's it's interesting how sometimes the thing you need sort of shows up. And uh, the Chicago gig seems to be back full steam ahead. Attila in Chicago, which is great. Uh, 
like I said earlier, I definitely need the goalpost. And that's a, that's a big one. And just uh, my buddy Andy the other day, today actually he posted a photo, uh, Instagram photo of himself back in a lit theater today. He walked into the theater in Vienna and just sort of drank in this feeling. And he said it was kind of overwhelming, you know, like it was really just getting our drug fix or something. Like, oh my God, right. We work in magic. A theater is magic. You know, the thing that goes on. I don't know how many people listening have been inside a theater. I'm going to say probably my listeners most. <laughs> 100% of my listeners have been inside a theater. And there's a magic that occurs between the time you sit down and the time the curtain opens. And, and it's this, we talked about it earlier, like the, this orchestra just starting to pep up starting to quiet down, people are taking their seats, the lights are dimming a little bit, and this moment right before the the orchestra gets going, there's like this magic feeling. And we feel it on stage as much as people feel it in the house. It's the same thing, it's the same excitement that we're about to do some art, we're about to do, we're about to tell a story, we're about to bring this music to your ears that you've never heard, or this story that you've never heard, or, or tell it in a way that's never been told, or what have you. And, um, I think he had a little bit of that walking back into the theater, your, that sense of like, oh, right, this power, this magic, it's still here. It's still here. I can't wait to get to it. <laughs> that is my, that's my goalpost. Uh, Attila in Chicago and, and, and getting back into that stunning Lyric Opera House. That's, you'll never see one built like this again. You know, it's basically gold leaf interior and this gothic, ornate, some of it's like Art Deco feeling, like this brass, gold, humongous, uh, you know, this carved rafters. It's really a sight to behold. And, and every time I go in there, I, f I have felt that magic. And I think after such a long time being away from the theater, it's going to hit me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that as my, uh, my beacon for now. It's in January, which is a awesome time to be, <laughs> to be in Chicago. Mid-January is really just... <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's nice to walk outside, you know. <laughs> when I lived in Chicago, I lived <clears throat> two blocks from uh, my bus stop. Uh, when I was a young artist, I would, I, we took the bus because it was easier than the train. And I lived two blocks from uh, my bus stop. And in January and February, the wind would be coming at you so hard and it would be so cold that by the time I was standing waiting for the bus, the tears were like, frozen to the sides of my eyes you were <laughs> the wind was blowing so hard you'd tear and then it would freeze <laughs> so um chicago in january I, I am thrilled to be to be back and have this thing uh have this thing on my horizon which i need uh, today i am recording the podcast with video a little view into the studio here. The shrine, as loving people in my life have described it. And um, uh, this is most likely a horrible idea. I am aware of the camera. I'm trying not to be. I'm trying to keep it authentic and sit the way I normally sit and pick my nose and all those awful things that people do when they don't think they're being looked at. But who knows? Uh, uh, I added the video because... Listenership is up. Uh, I'm resonating with with some people, and and um, that feels good. So, I'm, 
uh, just going to keep it going for a little while and add this little element and see if see if there's something there. Uh, I don't think there's something there, but we'll we'll see. I'll at least put one up and <laughs> see how much I hate it. I probably hate it already. Uh, uh, as a disclaimer for anybody listening to me, I'm a I'm a moron on most things. I don't know a lot about anything, but I'm sort of happy that my uh, my experience in in this uh, business or in show business or in singing or whatever, whatever I have had uh, my experience in here. I'm glad that it's resonating with some. Uh, and I appreciate I appreciate your your time uh, listening. This has been really been great therapy for me so far. I'm sorry I didn't start it earlier, but maybe I would have been so dark in the early days of COVID that it wouldn't have been something to look at. <laughs> like this guy is seriously seriously depressing me. I can't believe it's already the second week of November. Like, it's happening quick. It's happening really quick. Like, time is just... Some some days in the summer, I thought, oh my God, what? Are, how long are we going to do this? You know, when we were... Sort of felt like we were locked in the house. And now it's going by fast, fast, fast. It's too fast. I feel like I'm not getting enough done. It's that Enprenen in me again that's like... You're not getting enough done. You need to have more to show for your day. Doesn't everybody feel like that? Like, I'm not, I have a hard time going to sleep if I feel like I haven't done enough. Like, you need to, you need to get your uh, work in. I want to thank my singer friends for cutting me IDs for the CVH podcast. I'm going to keep asking. Not everyone has followed through and done it. But most have. I'm going to go heavier. I'm going to like hit up my friends hard because someday they're going to have to be in front of me again and they're going to have to answer for not <laughs> for not doing this simple thing for me. Uh, yeah, but those things are fun. I like the ID. This has been good. This is a little Wednesday show for you, right? Just a little, um, a little hey, how you doing? Because I was ready to. I'm not on your schedule. I'm on mine. But I, I do appreciate this. I appreciate this forum. I appreciate you hanging out and having a listen. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at VanHornCVH, where there's tons of nude photos of me. Tons. And, uh, you know, something for everybody. <laughs> and I have a website, ChristianVanHorn.com. And nobody goes there the way they used to. Ten years ago, a website would get tons of traffic, but Instagram and Facebook have sort of taken over for that. Um, yeah, the website's fun, and 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 it gets traffic, but uh, not for very long. And uh, I have a worthless fan page on Facebook that I know you all have already clicked on. There are things there to see about me. I don't even think I've promoted the podcast on there. I really, it's it's something that I'm. I am less and less interested with Facebook every day. And you should be too. Let's start the revolutions. Get the fuck away from this thing. All right, everybody. That's the show. I appreciate it. And um, we'll do it again. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.